Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, you know, I um, I really wanted to talk to them today. I've, I've, when I first started doing my research on aquaponics and especially being here in Hawaii, you know, I, I watched a bunch of your videos and um, you guys have some great manuals out there. But I was, what I was really interested in was, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone gave me a manual about how you deal with. Um, how you deal with pests and, and how you're able to do your certified organic farm and at the same time deal with pest control without using pesticides. And so that's what I really wanted to ask questions about today. But, you know, before we do that, I just want to start off by asking the questions that I, that I always ask. You know, how did you get started doing aquaponics in the beginning? <laughs> uh, well, we had, a, we had two construction-related businesses that um, were – hit incredibly hard by the what is now referred to as the, quote, global economic downturn. I've also heard it referred to as the Great Recession. Um, and it's my considered opinion that it's, a be, it's the beginning of a long series of t- contractions that we'll be going through. But our, our businesses were all about growth. They were about building houses for, you know, second and third homes and vacation homes and for relatively wealthy people who, who were moving here to Hawaii. Uh, and we had an architectural design firm and uh, another uh, construction-related business um, with a crane. We flew rafters and set beams and did heavy construction lifting with this crane. And both of those businesses basically had no income starting in 2007, 2008, just very, very, very little income. And it changed everything for us. We had been living under this assumption without really ever thinking about it that things would just always go on getting bigger and bigger and better and better, and we would just make more and more money every year. And all of a sudden that didn't happen. And from a business standpoint, we looked at aquaponics as not not aquaponics specifically to begin with, but what we were looking at was food because that's something someone needs three times a day. Right. In fact, I've heard the saying that you need a doctor a few times in your life, you need a lawyer a few times in your life, you need a minister a few times in your life, but you need a farmer three times a day. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. And what we, from a business standpoint, what that means is there's always an, a, 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 an incredible demand. So looking at supplying a service or a... Uh, product that people need, what we were interested in doing is, is supplying something that would always be in demand because we didn't want to start another business that all of a sudden one day would be just stone cold dead. Yeah. And we settled on food. And then because we are incredibly lazy people <laughs> who just happen to work 12, 14 hours a day, six, seven days a week, but we are really, really lazy. In, in that we don't want to ever work harder than we have to. We began looking at methods of growing food. And the very, 
when we when we when we saw aquaponics, we we both got it. You know, just completely yeah. got it. Um, this was early June 2007, and one name kept popping up all over the internet, and that name was Dr. James Ricosi. Mm-hmm. And given I have a background in science, I'm trained in science. Um, I was very impressed with his body of work that was all done inside uh, the university system at the University of the Virgin Islands. I deeply appreciate that there's real science behind this, that it isn't just a lot of the solutions that people are coming up with right now uh, exist in fantasy land. Um, uh. It's magical thinking. It's 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 a, it's perpetual motion machines and free energy and you know there's all sorts of things out there that just really aren't real. And what I appreciated about how much of Dr. Ricosi's work was available on the Internet was that this was clearly very real. So we started there. Um, At the time, Dr. Ricosi's uh, short course was about a week away. (laughs) And I I called, and Dr. Ricosi picked up the phone, and I said, um, you know, I'd like to enroll my husband in this course. And uh, he said, it's full. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, well, uh, you know, we're, we're willing to come all the way from Hawaii. Uh, this would mean the World House. And, you know, please. <laughs> I figured I might as well ask one more time. He said, well, okay. <laughs> I said, just, be- just because uh, at the time I already had a yes, I figured I might as well ask for one more favor. Because I, I had the intention also of bringing my mother into aquaponics, who at the time was 84 years old. And she she was interested in, in attending the course. So I don't know for sure if Dr. Ricosi ever trained anybody older than my mom, but she's certainly <laughs> among one of the elders, or what we call them kapuna, respected elders here in Hawaii doing aquaponics now, because it's accessible to to very very elderly you know people. It's not whereas a regular garden wouldn't be. So my right. and my mom was a gardener, so she loves this. She loved it. So Dr. Ricosi said yes, and my mom and my husband flew off. Five, you know, five thousand miles, however far it is, to go to the University of the Virgin Islands training. And when Tim got, Tim called me several times through the course. He was so excited. He said, "This is really going to work. This is really going to happen." <laughs> went, wow. Okay. Cool. I couldn't see it, but I do trust my husband. Yeah. He came home, and what we then discovered was the body of knowledge that Dr. Ricosi had developed was inside a university. And where we were trying to develop this knowledge was in the real world where either a profit can be made or not. Yeah. And it, it was a completely different ballgame, and we weren't expecting that. And that's really what we've pretty much brought to the party is uh, increasing efficiencies to the level that a business can actually make a go of it. We have students that are profitable doing nothing because we train. Um, you know, we teach this, and we have do-it-yourself manuals, but we have students who do not. They they are doing nothing but farming, and they're they're earning a profit. They're able to support their family. It's a lot of hard work. It takes creativity. It's a lot easier than in the ground, obviously, but it takes a lot of creativity. Uh, it takes a, um, a tremendous drive and and tenacity, but it's possible. And a lot of that is due to. The, the efficiencies, both in the cost of construction, reducing the expense of initial construction. The first system we built, and we're one of the very few people out there that I know of who have actually run 
for a significant period of time, both a university of, of the Virgin Islands systems and the way what, what we now call low-density systems, which use far, far fewer, uh, far fewer fish. So that, so is that right the first time? Far fewer fish. Um, what we found was our fish actually cut into our bottom line significantly. Every pound of fish we raised here in Hawaii was a loss to us, and it was a significant loss, enough so that what we realized was we needed to cut down on the number of fish that we were using if we were going to stay in business. So we developed these methods of running aquaponic systems on routinely my nitrate and nitrite levels, for your listeners who, who know what this means, our, our nitrate nitrite levels run at between zero and two parts per million. Nitrate, nitrates. No, I'm sorry, nitrates. Yeah. Nitrates. So we run very low-density fish systems, and they work great. Yeah. So we, dec- we decreased the cost of building. The first University of the Virgin Islands system that we built cost us about $42,000 to build. We show people how to build that same system now for $7,000. Wow. We also show them how to get between four and ten times, depending on what they're planting, between four and ten times as many plants out of the system. So we've increased efficiencies in planting, in cycling, and in planting as well, spacing and cycling, that enable a commercial farmer to grow a lot more plants, a lot more you know, plant mass poundage or you know, by the hole, than they could using other aquaponics techniques, media bed, for example, or it's not this, the planting techniques I'm talking about are not possible in a media bed. It's just deep water raft culture for, for the production of leafy greens in particular. Yeah. So that's kind of what we brought to the party because we, we, were, we were so, you know, we were so in a hard place financially. There's a race to profitability. The moment you sign a loan, if you have to take out a loan, to build an aquaponic system on a commercial level, you're in a race to profitability. You're either going to make money and be able to make those loan payments or you're not. <laughs> and it's really black and white. So that race is a difficult race for us to win, and frankly, we didn't win it. Um, right. We have, uh, we had actually about a, mm, we built a large farm. One of the things we did wrong, because I know that's one of the questions you ask, is one of the things that we did wrong. Uh, was we built a very, very large farm to begin with. And one of the things we tell all of our students now, and I see that you've interviewed some of our other students. That's awesome. Uh, Gina Cavallaro and and Glenn Martinez were both, both got their initial aquaponics training from us. Um, Yeah, I listened to part part of their webcast last night. It was pretty great. Um, But what we found was by starting small, an operation has a chance to succeed building out of cash flow, saving, you know, loan money, you know, even if there's loan money involved, and really building on the knowledge that's gained on the small scale because it all maps up. Mm-hmm. These systems, many aquaponic systems are not truly scalable. You know, they're just not. Uh, Growing Power's model, for example, has failed on a, on a large scale uh, twice that I know of, both with Sweetwater and with... Uh, Santa Cruz Aquaponics, and it's fabulous for a backyard system, you know, or an indoor system, but for a large commercial system, 
it, it doesn't work. There's too much infrastructure you have to build and too much labor. And again, these planting techniques I'm talking about are not, are not, um, not available. So right. what we've discovered is starting small is critical. And having, if you're going to start small, starting with a truly scalable system that will, will scale up is also critical. And really, bottom line, gaining some experience with a 64-square-foot system and then build one, you know, that's 500 square feet and then build a 5,000-square-foot system. Too many people are starting, like we did, came in and built the 5,000-square-foot system. It's crazy big, you know, really. And the bottom line is that debt service was crippling to us. And the very biggest mistake, and I'm completely free in telling you this, because the very biggest mistake we made was trying to grow marijuana in aquaponics. Oh, yes. You know, that, that was a really near-fatal mistake. I almost can't believe we're still in business after that, um, especially since how a lot of our competitors have tried to really harm us with that information. Because we did. We broke the law. And it doesn't matter that on the county level what we were doing was not that big a deal or on the state level, but the feds, you know, even a medical marijuana permit, technically the feds, it's a, it, one plant is illegal at this point. And, well, yeah. um, you know, so that was the very biggest mistake we made. Um, I, my mission is to teach people how to feed themselves. I'm interested in food. I I got involved with someone because we were in that race to profitability and we were losing. I got involved with someone whose mission was marijuana and the religious the religious use of marijuana, which the feds are not they're just not gonna allow that to happen. (laughs) They're just they're just not. Um, (laughs) excuse me. And what what we have found, what we found personally in deep water raft cultures, is it didn't work in our low density systems for sure. Doesn't work. Fruiting plants, like tomatoes, would rather have a high density system with a lot of fish. So that's a function, that's a function, it's a simple economic equation with three factors. Number one is how much money do I pay for fish food where I am? Number two is how much money do I pay per kilowatt hour for electricity? And number three is, how much can I get for my fish? And yeah. here in Hawaii, we, we compare, I'm sorry, we compete with cheap, really cheap Chinese and Thai and Filipino imports. So, bottom line, we've got an economical uh, equation that doesn't add up for a lot of fish in Hawaii, at least for tilapia. I, I should yeah. qualify that, but I'd say I'm talking about tilapia in Hawaii. We have a student in Egypt who pays... Eight cents a kilowatt hour, where we pay 42, 42 cents a kilowatt hour. He pays eight yeah. cents. We pay a dollar a pound for fish food. There's a fish food factory eight miles from where he lives, and he can get it for seven, uh, seven point five cents a pound. Um, and he can take his tilapia to the nicest restaurants and hotels in Cairo, and sell them for seven dollars a pound. Yeah, well, so that guy should be growing a lot of fish. Yes. Here in Hawaii, every fish we grew cost us a buck and a half a pound. So we shouldn't be growing a lot of fish. So to us, it wasn't a, there was not, one of the things that's always surprised me is how many people in aquaponics seem to, they treat it almost like a religion. 
we've had people get so upset with us because we say you don't have to grow a lot of fish. <laughs> people are like, well, then it's not aquaponics. Well, it's yeah. a it's a question of economics. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, yeah. so what was um? So you share with us kind of your your big mistakes. What what is one lesson that you would say was probably the most important lesson you learned to be successful doing aquaponics? Start small. Really, start small. Yeah. That was that was our and and you have to understand when we went to see the University of the Virgin Islands when Tim went to see the University of the Virgin Islands system, it's 600 linear feet of trough. One system, 600 linear feet. It's really big. Yeah. We came home and we built our first one, half that size, and we were concerned that it might not be stable. See, nobody had small deep water raft culture systems in in 2007. So when we built the first one, half the size of UVI, we were concerned it might not be stable, either pH or temperature. We weren't sure. And then we built one half that size again, and it was stable, and we went, cool. And now we're down to tabletop-sized systems of two uh, and a half square feet that are rock-solid yeah. stable. Low-density systems do not have filtration. Like, doesn't have a whole bunch of filtration. It has a biofilter. It's called the plant roots. Yes. Stupid simple. You can build one for less than $60 with things you can get at Home Depot or Lowe's or your corner hardware store if, there, if that still exists. Yeah. So, and, and they're stable, but we didn't know that then. Now we know small deep water raft culture systems are stable. But in 2007, we didn't have that critical piece of information. That means you can start small. Yeah. And you can learn yeah. and gain experience. And then and so, when you're ready, you know. And the other thing you can do is track your progress. So even if all you do is sell in a farmer's market booth or, you know, by the side of the road, if you track all your progress, you put it in a spreadsheet. We have a killer spreadsheet. Anyone who listens, I'm happy to send them this spreadsheet. Uh, we've been working on refining the spreadsheet for five years now. It's a really amazing spreadsheet where you put in a few real numbers and it spits out income, expenses, the whole nine yards. It's a great spreadsheet. And basically this, this is a tool that will allow people to input their real numbers, print it out, take it to the bank, and then ask for a loan. Mm. Yeah. That's it's getting really... increasingly it's getting see, aquaponics is in the if you're familiar with the uh, the curve that's referred to as the diffusion of ideas or the diffusion of technology it's a curve like think about anything you can think of flying in airplanes indoor toilets electricity cell phones there's a certain amount uh of skepticism in the beginning and then more and more people get on the bandwagon pretty soon the market's saturated Virtually, you know, 100% of all the people are going to buy have bought it or have, you know, are using the technology. There's the Wright brothers who were out there in the beginning of that curve, like, we're going to fly. And then there's the people who probably, probably there were people who died saying if God had meant us to fly, he would have given us wings. <laughs> so those are the people, the laggards on the other end. Aquaponics is still in the, in a, really, it's maybe just now entering consciousness enough that people know about it and are interested in it um, on, a, on a wide scale. But it's still pretty, it's kind of fringe still. We're kind of fringe. 
which yeah. I think why getting us us being able to get organic food safe, uh, organic certification and food safety certification and get into Costco were so critical. That really brought some credibility to aquaponics, and we're you know we're not done. Um, we're working right now on some pretty large projects that will really are are de- designed to take people all of aquaponics. This is not designed to help friendly aquaponics. It's designed to help people. You think about home computers, you know, or, or cars. These are all great examples. Uh, at one point in time, if a car drove through a village, everybody stopped and stared. Right. And now they're part of daily life. Our goal is to take aquaponics through that curve as quickly and elegantly as possible because it's our belief there isn't a lot of time. There may not yeah. be as much time as we think. There may not be all the time in the world. Right. So exactly. what if it's actually critical that people standing on the platform of easily obtainable resources that we have right now, you can go to Lowe's and Home Depot and buy anything you want. Yeah. But here in Hawaii, we've all seen Matson strikes or threatened Matson strikes. And we've all seen stores with empty shelves here. And so it's, we're a lot more conscious of what could happen, I think, than people on the mainland. So most yeah. of our work now is being done on the mainland. Frankly, you know, I have an amazing husband. Tim, is, he's got such a brilliant mind. He's got a Ph.D. mind, but he never went to college. So he doesn't care whether you think he's smart or not. See, I went to college. I wrote papers. You have to sound smart in papers. You know, it doesn't really matter if you are smart, but you sound smart, right? Well, Tim's brilliant, but he doesn't care about sounding brilliant. Uh-huh. So he's able to take incredibly complex subjects and simplify them and make them easy to understand. And because we've never taken a single project on in our entire life that we had enough money to do, we're really good at what we call cowboy solutions, coming up with an inexpensive way to solve the problem that we can do ourselves. And then we yeah. teach other people what we learn. You know, that's really pretty much friendly aquaponics right there in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, let's um, let's start talking about your, the, well, at least one of the papers that you wrote that made you sound brilliant to me in my eyes was this, um, you know, this this paper that you wrote on on dealing with pests and, you know, in our we have a, we have a bunch of different systems in our apartment, the front porch and the back porch inside our house and. Uh, you know, probably about two months ago, three months ago, we had a, a thrip breakout, and uh, it killed all of our plants. I mean, they just ate them all up. And then, um, you know, I even had no one could figure out what it was on all the forums, and so I actually had to take it to the university, and they, they looked at it under the microscope, they told me. And then so we pulled out all the plants, and then we replanted, and then we just had this spider mite breakout where it just... I mean, where they're they're in the process of killing all of our plants again. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, um, it's one of those things that I've 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 thought about, but I, I I never really did a lot of research and and how to prevent these breakouts where you know when you realize that it's not too late. And so, um, you know, what are you guys doing in your farm to to um, you know? To kind of be preventative with with the different different types of pests that could break out and and um, you know what do you do to make it so that it's you know that it's because it, you guys are organic certified and so I know you can't use pesticides so what are you guys doing to to deal with the different pests? 
I wouldn't use pesticides even if I could. Uh, it, it doesn't feel right to me. I've, I've, been, I've, I've been reading up on Roundup lately and going, wow, we use how much of this stuff? <laughs> like, wow. Uh, you know, and so we have a, um, a number of very procedural, we, we, are, we have pro- procedures. It's absolutely, this is what you do. This is what you do for prophylactically once a week. We spray. Um, we have a, a kelp foliar spray that adds um, uh, that adds potassium. We have uh, an iron supplement that goes in. Um, we have uh, Botanigard, which is um, let's see, Botanigard, Rhapsody, or it's also called Cease. All of these are bio, what are called bio um, insecticides. In other words, they target one specific uh, part of the the, the pest life cycle. Um, for example, um, Dipel or Javelin. These are all brand names, which is actually the, the product is called Bexillus thuringiensis, BT. We use all of these as sparingly as possible, but we do use them. And they're all bioinsecticides. They all, all go after something very targeted and specific. A Dipel or a Javelin, the, the BT, um, goes after the microbe in the gut of the caterpillar, and it stops the caterpillar from being able to get any nutritive value from its food, and it just withers up and dries, <laughs> dies in a day or two, usually within 24 hours. And this is a, a substance that, oh, in a, on a commercial farm, everything has to carry an EPA symbol. It's critically important that anyone who's selling to anyone else, you can't use a lot of the home remedies that, that, I mean, for example, powdery mildew or downy mildew, one, of, one good home organic treatment is um, powdered milk. But you can't put powdered milk on something that's going to go into a, you know, be sold, be sold to the public. Because what if right. somebody has, is lactose intolerant? They're not expecting to eat a salad <laughs> and have lactose in it. So EPA numbers are what commercial growers to use legally to treat their crops, and nothing goes on our crops that doesn't have an EPA number. makes it more expensive. It's government making sure that we're all safe. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so bottom line is what we have is this series of products that we use, and we do use them prophylactically. We use them in very low concentrations. I, I just put a little bit in unless we have a, a breakout. And then you said something critical. You said before it's too late, mm. and that's critical. And there's something we learned from Dr. Ricosi. I really love this phrase. He called it the farmer's shadow, and, and that is just so poetic, and it, it speaks so clearly to what we have to do to powerfully interact with our aquaponic systems. One of the problems I have is there's people out there on the Internet marketing that these systems run themselves, and they do not. Mm-hmm. At our farm tours, I always ask this question because people come to the farm tours pretty educated now, not like in the beginning when all, everybody who came didn't even know what aquaponics was and they started out by defining it. I don't even define it anymore. But I ask the people at the farm tour, what is, tell me, think about it for a moment, and tell me, what is the most important organism in an aquaponics system? So I'll pose that question to you too. What's the most important organism in a, in a well-running aquaponics system? Mm, uh- I would say the bacteria. <laughs> See, you know so much. 
Really, probably, yeah, it's critical because without that, nothing will happen. But you could say the same thing about the fish. If there were not, well, that's not quite true either. But anyway, really, no. Think about it in the context of the conversation we were having about mm. the farmer's shadow. Right. And let me ask the question subtly differently. Who is the most important organism in your aquaponic system? Yeah, it would be the farmer. Absolutely. And that is one brilliant piece of insight that I got from Dr. Ricosi. I have never met him, but I got it through Tim, who, who got it from Dr. Ricosi. And I really like to, uh, to give credit where credit's due in this world. I really do. Um, and that's just a brilliant concept. So the idea here is, is if you're out with your hands on your garden or down in your basement or you know, out on your lanai or wherever it is, if you've got your hands on your aquaponic system, and you're looking at the, you're checking your connections and making sure they're all tight, then you're likely not going to have a leak. You know, if you're looking at the underside of the plant leaves and checking them out, you're liable to see when there's a tiny population. Really, when, when I'm running a small system, I don't use any. If I, were use, if I were running just a system small enough, just large enough to feed my family, I don't know that I would use anything because I would be taking, it off, taking the bugs off with my fingers. All right. Now, spider mites are a little different. You did bring up one of the, the truly evil. There's two things in aquaponics I have found no solution for on, a chemical, on the level of chemical warfare um, or biological warfare, I guess it would be more, more appropriately said. <laughs> the first one is spider mites. But there is an excellent little thing. One of the very first things, when you find out, you said you, you, took, the leaf, you took the leaf to someone who had a microscope. I realized that a long time ago, and I spent 1800 bucks on a beautiful microscope on eBay, and it was one of the best purchases I've ever made. So I can diagnose here, and I have. I've seen stuff I've never seen before. I'm like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. Spider mites. Spider mites don't like high humidity. So if you know about their life cycle, which once you've identified it, then you can read about its life cycle. And once you know about its life cycle, you can often look at it and go, whoa, oh, I could use that. And knowing that spider mites like hot, dry conditions, I figured let's just spritz with water. You spritz your system with water a couple of times a day, your spider mite population doesn't grow. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So the idea here is, is as much as possible you're working with nature. Those bugs want to eat that food just like you do. You know, that's, yeah. that's a source of energy for you and the bugs. You're in competition. So the trick is to know thine enemy yeah. and understand thine system because there's things like neem and stylet oil and insecticidal soaps. I can't get anywhere near my system. We had a student with a large indoor commercial strawberry system, and he had spider mites forever. And he finally found an insecticidal soap that he sprayed on very carefully so that the water didn't drip, the spray water didn't drip down into his, his troughs. And they were all made out of uh, gutter. He had this incredible gutter system he'd built. And after about a year, he, he, he came in one morning and 800 pounds of fish were belly up. Oh, gosh. In a greenhouse. You see, he thought he was safe because no rain would fall on his plants and take the insecticidal soap into his water. Yeah. But after a year, it accumulated enough. And I don't know if it was a soap, because, because they all died in such a short period of time, my suspicion tells me there was some other event as well, like a 
temperature event or a pH event, and they were the fish were already too stressed to deal with the new stressor. That would be my. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I never knew for sure. And we don't want to run that experiment many times. <laughs> the bottom line is you can't use insecticidal soaps or any oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people right now advocating using, uh, it's supposed to be a, an essential oil soap mixture that's been treated, I'm sorry, an essential oil mixture, I'm sorry, that has been treated with sound to emulsify it. Mm. Now, I have a degree in chemistry and biology. And frankly, I remember just enough of it to be dangerous. But from what I remember, and the research I've been able to come up with on the Internet, I can't find anything that talks about emulsifying essential oils with sound. How you emulsify an essential oil is you put, it, you put soap in it. Yeah. You know, and we've had some students who reported using this and had fish, fish stuff. So you can see the film on the water. Anytime you can see a film of oil on, on, your, on the water in your system, something's not right. You're feeding the fish too much, and if you just fed, then the oil probably just came from that. But any other time when you don't know why there's a film of oil on the surface of your water, you better figure it out quickly because that coats the gills of the fish. It's going to, your fish are now in the process of dying or, you know, they're compromised. They're stressed. So, yeah. okay, so this, this pest control, we make this available to everyone. I spent I don't even know how long. On that, I, I don't even know. It was, it was several years of research, but then when I actually sat down to write it all up, I think it was five days. Tim asked me, yeah. "Can you write up something for the manual? We need a pest control section." And he 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 was thinking a couple of paragraphs, and I, I really got up from my computer five days later, and I'd written wow. this this paper. And I, after it was all, you know, done, I was like, "Wow, people really need to know this," mm. um, and and hopefully add to this because by no means is it complete. You know, you mentioned thrips. I've never fought thrips. I've never had them. I don't know why. I've just, you know, find some wood and knock on it. Uh, so I can't tell you much about thrips. But what you figure out, if you then add to that in, in the form of a paragraph or a section, we've got a more complete body of knowledge. Mm. Yeah. So is, yeah, our is company, there, is there I, a place on... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, is there, is there a place on, on your website... Um, we have that. I think it was Tim who actually posted a link in the uh, in the, in the uh, newsletter source forum. But but um, do you guys well, have it's in I, I, it's in it's in the side column of every newsletter we send out. Oh okay. And, and uh, for those of you who don't know, for you if you don't if you don't know, and if you people your listeners don't know, uh, signing up for our newsletter is <laughs> we got a, an email a couple of days ago from a, a Franciscan uh, father. Uh, uh, I don't know quite what is. It was really a cool email, though. And he said, thank you so much for posting real information, not just, oh, this is our sale and free shipping or come to our next training. We've had a little of that in there. But for the most part, what's, what those newsletters are designed to do is, yes, update people on what Friendly Aquaponics is doing as far as training goes, but also update people on what Friendly Aquaponics has just figured out. And there's always technical information in there that is what we are either have observed directly or occasionally it's the direct experience of one of our students. Yeah. Well, and it's great. not stuff we researched it's not stuff we researched on the internet. It's stuff that we actually this is what happened. <laughs> this is yeah. what we then this is what we think it means. You know, yeah. and we may not be right, but this is this is our best guess because human beings do make up a lot of stories. So what we have is a lot of anecdotal 
evidence. This is what I'm be very clear. I'm not talking about scientific studies. It's a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah. This is where this is what works. Boots on the ground. Yep, boots on the ground. I like that phrase. That's it right there. <laughs> exactly. Well, we we kind of come up onto the end of our time. Do you want to tell people? Um, how they can get in contact with you, um, you know, if you want to mention any of the materials. Um, I haven't personally read your, your books, but I know people that I have that said they're just amazing. So, you know, feel free to tell people how they can get in contact with you, get some information for me. Oh, well, let me send you some. Let me send you our backyard manual. It's a $100 manual. I'll just send it to you, no problem. Um, oh. Yeah, we have a lot of do-it-yourself information. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, you know, we haven't made friends in the aquaponics community because we're kind of like the the outliers are saying, you can do it yourself, you can do it yourself. Uh, you don't have yeah. to buy a, a, an expensive kit, and you certainly don't have to buy some expensive consultancy. You, mm. This is easy. This is really easy. This is too I mean, okay, this is, this is kind of right here fundamentally the difference between friendly aquaponics and a lot of other companies out there who are seeking to mystify it. We're trying to demystify aquaponics. Um, we just, I'm in the final stages of, uh, it was meant to be a digital download only, but it's a, it's going to be a print book as well, and I'm just about ready to send it to, to the printer. It's called How to Do Aquaponics the Easy Way. Oh, yeah, it's nice. two and a, it's uh, three and a half, three systems, how to build and operate three systems, one of three and a half square feet, one of 12 square feet, and one of, one of 18 square feet. And they're just three small systems designed to introduce someone to aquaponics. The book is designed for someone who are, you know, already either has knowledge or not, but it's, designed, it's, very, it's written to be useful to someone who has uh, maybe about a fifth-grade reading level. And that might, oh, yeah. my intention was to get this into schools and then also to get this to people who otherwise would be intimidated by the, uh, the whole idea of this, people who've never built anything in their lives. So that book is, is, uh, is available on digital download. And uh, like our, 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 our large commercial systems just kept getting smaller and smaller, so did our do-it-yourself manuals. We started out with a $1,000 manual. Right now the most expensive manual we have is the $2,000 manual, which is the solar greenhouse manual and the aquaponic systems on commercial levels. You know, this is commercial. Um, but we... We, the things we spend the most time on are the ones that sell for twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> the thirty dollar yeah, right. product. Just, we've spent more time on this book, How to Do Aquaponics the Easy Way, than I've ever spent on any of our other intellectual properties. And, it, and it's it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Uh, it's filled with color photos. It's color throughout. It's a really expensive book to print. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. And that was a gift. That printing. That somebody did, downloaded that digitally and said, this book is so beautiful, you have to print it. And I said, I can't afford to. $10,000 to print 1,000 copies. And he said, I want to give you the money. <laughs> we went, wow. <laughs> so we're, um, what we're going to do, because this is how we like to roll, is we are going to share the profits of the book with him from here on out. Oh, out. yeah, nice. Yeah, because nice, yeah. we, we, we like partnership. You know, we like the idea. I, saw, I stole this from a, an Occupy um, an Occupy poster, and it said, stop competing and start, and start sharing. And I instantly knew that that was our company motto. And that was it. Right. Stop competing, start sharing. So we have a website. It's friendlyaquaponics.com. 
if you do a Google search for aquaponics, we're, we're right there on the front page, so we're not hard to find. Um, and we're accessible, you know. We actually answer emails, and we don't make you pay money to us first. We'll just answer emails and, and uh, you know, kind of, it's a figure, it's, it's casting our bet on the water, you know. It's really, some of it goes off, and <laughs> we never see it again, and some of it changes someone's life. And that is yeah. one, the, I'll just close with this. The greatest blessing about this federal indictment has been I have, I have had to go to people in my life, the people in our lives who we have touched professionally, and acknowledge this marijuana thing, right? Mm-hmm. And ask for a letter of support, not a letter of support of what we did, but a letter of support of what we're doing. And we have, I don't know, somewhere between two and three, letter, two and three hundred letters came in. And I couldn't believe what people said about me. <laughs> it was just, it was stunning to know that I had, and Tim had touched people's lives in the way that we had. That was invisible to me. Every once in a while we'd get an email, or every once in a while somebody would send some picture of their, their aquaponic system. But we had people who really pulled out the stops and expressed how we had touched their lives. So it's a, it's a good game to play, you know. Um, I... The, the federal indictment has been a, a real blessing in, in having us refine our vision so that we're being good and not worrying about making money. Yeah. <laughs> because the feds don't care how much money you have. They'll put you in prison anywhere. But if you, you can really, really demonstrate you're doing good in the world, there's a chance they won't put you in prison. <laughs> so that's what, yeah. you know, so it really kind of held our feet to the fire. We yeah, start. We started. Yeah. A, we started. We just started a nonprofit. We're really excited because we just started a nonprofit. I always thought you had to have money to to do philanthropy, and I finally realized we've really been doing philanthropy all along. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> anybody sends me a, 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 an email or a, I get a phone call and I find out these are, this is somebody who really needs the technology that we have, the, the, the do-it-yourself technology we have, but they don't have much money for materials. And I tell them, don't pay me anything. Put it toward materials. You, you need it. Pay it forward. Yeah. You know, that whole concept of paying it forward. So. Yeah, there you well, go. Well, it's right. been a, a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, well, thank you so much, and blessings, and we're praying for you that you don't have to go to prison, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, and, I look uh, at it this way. I look at it this way. If I do, it'll be a vacation and a place that I wouldn't normally choose with bad food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I also figure there just might be somebody there who I, I really need to know who I would never mm-hmm. meet otherwise. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta look for the gold. I don't do this as any new agey or spiritual thing. This isn't spirituality to me. This is practicality. You know, I need to look for the gold. There's treasure everywhere. I just have to find it. Yeah, yeah. All right. It is awesome. Awesome talking to you. All right. Yeah, you have a good one. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review or go to www.aquaponicsforeveryone.com or like us at facebook.com slash aquaponicsforeveryone.